Welcome to Mindless, a semi-serious podcast where two friends try to figure out how to be mindful, manifest their best lives, and love themselves. My name is Lorena Schutt. And I'm Kelly Niner. Join us while we try to figure out how to be more and mind less. So this is our first podcast. It's going to be a bit messy and muddy while we get our bearings and figure out what we're doing. This is actually technically the fourth time that we've tried to record this. Don't tell that to people. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> forgot about the professional thing that you're going for. Um, but I think we figured it out. Yeah, uh, for now. But yeah, so today we've got a really interesting topic. Um, and it's mostly going to focus on Lorena and her experience. Uh, what are we talking about today, Lorena? Um, I've been getting lots of requests via the social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one. The one. <laughs> the one social media thing. Um, about my ayahuasca experience that I had last year in October, November. And um, I thought a podcast would be a good format. And what better way to do it than with my lovely friend Kelly. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Just a quick note, guys, um, because we want to make sure that everybody listening is taken care of since this is a mental health podcast. If you go ahead and make sure you check out the content and trigger warnings in the description before giving this episode and the one for next week a listen, we do go over some sensitive topics. So just make sure you give that a go. Otherwise, please enjoy us having a very long chigwag about uh, Lorena's experience. Uh, so cool. Um, I'm familiar with ayahuasca, but obviously because we're pals. Uh, can you explain what it is for those listening? Yeah, um, well, I'm not going to be very professional with this. <laughs> I'm sure you like this, Kelly. But, um, well, ayahuasca is a plant medicine. Uh, it comes from the Amazon. And um, it's a brew that consists of usually two different plants. Um, the ayahuasca vine um, and a plant called chacruna. Uh, both are found in the Amazon rainforest, and Chacruna contains DMT, dimethyltryptamine. Mm. See, that sounds professional. Spirit molecule. <laughs> this is true. The spirit molecule. Great documentary on Netflix. <laughs> um, Where's Joe Rogan? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also one of the world's strongest psychedelics. Um, the ayahuasca vine is an MAOI, which is a monooxidase inhibitor, and that makes the DMT orally active. Um, and it's it's becoming more and more popular in the West as well, but um, they've used it in the rainforest in the Amazon for thousands of years um, for as medicine. Um, for physical treatment, but also for mental treatment. It's supposed to be very good for depression, anxiety, uh, any sort of mental health issues. Um, it's People describe it as 20 years of therapy in one night. Wow, yeah, that sounds intense. As someone who's a huge fan of therapy. Um, cool, so you said it's orally active. So how, how is it that you take this this plant medicine? So it's a brew, it's basically a tea. Um, it doesn't taste as good as a tea, <laughs> but 
but um yeah it's the plants are mixed i don't know exactly how it's brewed um i know it takes quite a long time to brew um but yeah that's that's how you take it so you it's kind of like a shot like a uh, tiny so shot it's not like a giant mug of like like I'm I I'm not gonna lie. I have this kind of like witch's brew situation going on in my. This head. is what it looks like, to okay. be honest. This is what it looks like. It's just um the actual drink you take. You don't need that much. Oh, okay. I've also actually heard the more often you do it, the less you need for it to get active, which is quite unique for any kind of substance. I think. Um, I think uh, THC is similar. Actually, the active compound in cannabis. The more that yes, the more that you use it. Uh, the less that you need in order for it to be active inside of your brain. Whereas anybody else who is familiar with um, any other kind of drug typically is the other way around. The more that you use it, the more that you actually need things like alcohol, um, heroin, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I like, I don't like to say ayahuasca or DMT is a drug, um, but I guess it's kind of, it depends on your intention with it. Yes, because I imagine that there are uh, some people out there that use uh, ayahuasca. Rec- like, would you use it recreationally? Like, is no that fucking a thing? way. <laughs> no, it's the worst time ever <laughs> if you wanted to use it recreationally, because you don't have any guarantee as to what it's going to do to do to you. It you could have a good time, but. It's not going to, people say it's not going to give you what you want. It's going to give you what you need. Um, so it's not like a great time. That's not how it works. You don't know what you're going to get. And most of the time is actually not that great. Like I'll, I'll tell you about my experience happily. But um, I've actually heard that people say, and I completely agree with this. You use a drug to escape, whereas you use a plant medicine to go within and face your demons right okay and other plant medicines as well like uh iboga and like peyote and stuff like that are they similar would you say to um they're not similar because they're different uh the psychoactive substances are different um but i would say in terms of the intention probably yes yeah i was thinking like more the way that they were used yeah but i think you can also use psilocybin um definitely with intention for spiritual growth or for um for health if it's used with a shaman intentionally and it's the same with ayahuasca if you just do it in a garage at someone's house it's not going to be a good experience it's not going to be helpful for you like you need you need professionals along for the ride awesome that sounds like a good place to bring up where it was that you did this uh, experience at, um, which I'm incredibly jealous of. Because uh, where'd you go, Lorena? I went to Costa Rica. Uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, the place I went to is called Rhythmia, Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. Um, I did a lot of research before I went. Um, I did it like I did research for years actually before I even decided to do the thing. I remember. Yeah, I was talking <laughs> about it for a long, long time, and I was terrified before. I would still be terrified now. But. I mean, to be honest, like after uh, you guys, you guys will obviously Lorraine is going to share her experiences. But after hearing what it was like for her when she came back, there was a significant amount of time after she came back 
where before she left and obviously seeing all the pictures and seeing how beautiful it was and how many connections you made and all that found a family a soul family hi guys if you're listening and i'm basically like a human labrador i love meeting people i love making new friends and so of course that's quite a pull for me as well uh to have this kind of experience but then watching what happened after uh maybe think twice about it because it is a trip (laughs) it's a trip it's a journey cool so yeah so rhythmia um yeah so rhythmia life advancement center is a very very special place it's um as far as i know the only medically licensed ayahuasca center in the world um Ayahuasca is mostly popular in Peru. I think that's where it originates from. There's also a lot of ayahuasca tourism and dodgy places. So I did a lot of research into which place do I want to go to, where is good. And I knew Rhythmia had doctors on the spot. It's basically a hospital. You have to go through a medical assessment before you're even allowed to do it. So you could go there. You could book in and fail the medical assessment and not do the medicine, which would at Rhythmia still be a great experience because they have other things as well. They have um, breath work, yoga, kind of like almost like life coaching classes, um, delicious food. Like a spiritually enlightened spa. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a spa as well. There's, uh, yeah, there's a swimming pool. Like it's basically like a luxury resort. Um with ayahuasca (laughs) Um, but yeah this is why I chose this place because it seemed very safe to me I could not find any bad reviews if you I think it's one of the if not the highest rated um, resort on TripAdvisor it's like literally five star reviews through the bank Um, and that's why I chose to go there and yeah having researched it for so many years because to be honest, when I first heard about ayahuasca and what it was, I was like, fuck no, <laughs> who would want to do this ever? Sounds like the worst time ever. Um, And it took quite a few years for me to be like, actually, this sounds beneficial. But then for a long, long time, I was still like, not for me. Um, And eventually it just came to me and it just kept reappearing. And I was like, "This, I think it's time. I heard the calling. I was going to say they call it the calling, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is. You know, like you're still scared if you get this calling. You're still like, oh, my God, I'm fucking terrified. Sorry, I, I swear a lot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I said heck earlier, and I think it's the first time I've said heck since I was like 12. Yeah, I say fuck a lot. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to. I can't change no. this. We were talking about the calling. Um, Yeah, you're still going to be scared if you get the calling, but at least you'll know. Like, you'll you'll be sure this is like it's it's time awesome um so cool yeah so you you booked a flight to costa rica and off you went and tell me about like how how did you start what was it what did you do as soon as you got off um so they picked me up um from the airport so um i got off the plane and i was shattered by the way i had a really long journey behind me because i had like a layover in atlanta for I don't know, 12 hours or something. And I I was basically traveling for almost two days. Yeah, by the time I got there. But I was excited. And 
I knew in advance as well that it would be a full-on program. So when I say they have like life coaching classes and yoga and everything, it's like it's a full-on schedule. You don't really have any free time a couple of hours per day maybe. That's probably nice to know that like you have like you have this thing that you have to adhere to while you're doing all this internal work. It's nice and it's not nice. Um I I would recommend Rhythmia to everyone, especially someone who's never done ayahuasca before because it's such a safe place. It's such a bubble of love and light and the people there are incredible. And the life coaching classes or whatever you want to call them, they are super helpful. Um, they have integration classes as well. It's super, super helpful. And uh, what's integration for those of us who don't know? Good question. Um, so basically, before you do the medicine, you set an intention as well. So you've got a preparation. And um, on the first day, we got a little introduction into like what to expect and how to cope with things. And um, because, as I said, ayahuasca can be like 20 years of therapy in one night, you can imagine what kind of stuff comes up. So when you go to therapy, you also have to deal with things and you have to process things after. And it's kind of the same, just um, fast-tracked. So the integration is basically where, you, where you'll integrate whatever you've experienced, whatever you've seen, whatever you've felt, um, and you try to integrate it into your life, make sense of it. Which is a long process. It's not just one class, but obviously Rhythmia tries to help you with that. And it is really helpful. But for me, I have to say the schedule was a bit full um, to the point where I didn't have so much time to process. And I think in retrospect, I would have needed to speak to someone one-on-one, -on -one, which we can talk about later when we talk about integration itself. But Lorraine is also an introvert, whereas I am not re the human Labrador comment earlier. So <laughs> this idea of her having to be around, because how many, so how many people were there? About 80. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's like 78 more people <laughs> than you would probably normally be around on a regular basis. This is true. I'm I'm very introverted. Like I get all my energy from being alone. However, because it's such a bubble of love and instantly these people are family to me. Like when I left Rhythmia after the experience, I felt lonely and I wanted to be around people, which I never had before in my life. Um and it was even you asked what happened after I arrived. Um, I arrived at the airport and I got picked up and the guy, forgot his name, who, who picked me up, the first thing he said was, welcome home. <laughs> I know. See, I would have been like, I, this, no, I'm, my home is Edinburgh. What? I was kind of the same. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Um, and then there were already people there who were also picked up from the airport and then he went like, Lorena, this is your family. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> and three days later, I was like, I love you, my brother. <laughs> so it sounds like at the very least that this experience is definitely a bit transformative for you. A tiny bit. A tiny wee bit. <laughs> awesome. So let's keep going. Uh, so you had very full days. Um, what exactly was the ceremony like? 
Because you did you did three throughout the week, right? Four. Four. Okay, psych. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, it was four ceremonies in total. So the schedule was like I arrived on a Sunday, and Sunday night I had the first ceremony basically, which was breath work. So that was not medicine yet. And then on the Monday we had all this like introductory stuff. Um, and yeah, and then in the evening we had the first ceremony, which started at five thirty. I was shitting it. I was so scared. Cause like so just for an example before we go into your experience, can you give some kind of examples of what like other people's experiences were? Cause I know you did loads of research into like the possibilities of what you were getting into before you went. Yeah. So um there's four different experiences that you can have. Um there's a body experience, which is purging that can come in different forms. Very often people associate it with vomiting, which can happen is very likely to happen uh, but it could also be something else it could be crying it could be laughing it could be shaking it could be sweating it could be yawning didn't you say it could be shitting as well it could be shitting as oh well God. which was also my biggest fear i was like please don't ma- let me shit myself i don't want to <laughs> shit myself i don't want to shit myself you're also wearing white during the ceremony i know so. i've seen like how like the beds at rhythmia and how they set up and everything looks so clean and crisp and like and i can imagine just being like the i don't i'm just gonna cover it in poop <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as bad like you usually make it to the bathroom but Excellent. yeah it's it's weird you go into the ceremony it's called the maloka i hope i didn't say this wrong um and you go into this room and it's beautiful and there's all these like mattresses all these beds and these blankets and then there's these buckets and it's <laughs> you know you're you're in for a ride right so purging is one experience purging or a body experience uh, it can be shaking convulsing but you yeah it's a purge uh, you can have i think it's called a pinta which are visions um i think um if like if if you've ever done any psychedelics, which I would never do recreationally, um, <laughs> you can get things like sacred geometry or um, pretty patterns and colors. Um, but you can also get very wild visions. They are very very vivid and real, like akin to hallucinations. Yeah, yeah, definitely full-on hallucinations. Dang. Mm-hmm. You usually only have them with your eyes closed. It was rare that I had any visions, like full-on visions, um, with my eyes open. But it, it can happen. It's a very different substance to anything else I've ever tried. Um, it feels very, very different. Um, it feels a bit... It feels a bit like you're if you're fully on it, it feels a bit like you're drunk, like you can't walk and you feel very dizzy, but consciously, mentally, you're fully there, 100%. So it's it's a very strange experience. Um, and then um, the other experience you can have is a consulta, which is a conversation with something, someone, could be your grandmother, could be your higher self, could be God. I heard like because I heard you telling stories about people who like met Mama Ayahuasca, yeah, and then like 
talk to her mm-hmm. or at least like often she a snake by the way oh dang really mm-hmm. hmm. i didn't have this experience where does that come from it's it's interesting because lots of people have similar visions lots of people also have s- something called surgery where like little aliens visit them and you guys can't see it right now but my eyes just got so wide <laughs> i know they were huge they were actually huge so it's, lots of people have like similar experiences. I think they, they showed a statistic there that people who see aliens, that's like 60 or 70 percent, which is huge. Are we do we know if the people from like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, like maybe they were just on ayahuasca? Maybe. <laughs> who knows? Wow. OK. And the fourth experience is called a nada, which is basically you have a drink and you yawn and you fall asleep and you wake up and the ceremony's over oh that sounds kind of sad no it's well I had one actually the last night um and I thought oh I'd be very disappointed if that happened to me but I felt absolutely fucking incredible after um I feel like there's different theories as to why Anada happens, and I, I can't tell you what's right or what's wrong, but um, some people say it heals your lineage, so not just your stuff, but also your ancestors and stuff. Oh, so like trauma that we carry within us, because there's actually, um, there's, it's not super uh, developed, but there's a tiny, tiny bit of research. I think it's called epigenetic. Yeah, Joe Dispenza speaks about that a lot oh god guys she's been trying to get me into joe dispenza for ages and i've i fucking love joe dispenza (laughs) i've got this book on my table and it's just staring at me and every time i look at it i can hear lorena being like have you read it yet (laughs) i haven't i'm a bad friend but um no that's very interesting because especially with um with people who's obviously like their uh ethnic history comes with a shit ton of trauma um it's fascinating to think that you experience that within your genetic code, like stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine having something so terrible happen to you that it's been embedded in your DNA? Well, if you read Joe Dispenza, you knew right. that you could fix that. Okay, tune, tune in next week, guys, and we'll see <laughs> if Kelly's actually read Joe Dispenza. Spoiler alert, I probably haven't. Um, okay, cool. So, so do you think that's what happened to you when you had your nada? I don't think so. Um, I There's also another theory that I have um, and that I've heard of is that some people say you, the, thing, the things you encounter, the things you experience, the things you see are so hard to take. You have a nada if you consciously shouldn't be able to take it because it's so, so fucking horrible. And that would make sense if it was something truly traumatic. Truly deep, yeah. Because, um, yeah, when I talk about the journeys in more detail, they can be very, very challenging. It's I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, actually, but it can be pure suffering. And But it's nothing that you can't take. It's like the medicine knows exactly how much you can handle. It It brings you like, it feels like dying at times. Woo! Yeah, but it can't actually kill you. It's it's very like I think the only people that have died from it have mixed it with some weird shit, or 
they already had like a heart condition or something. Hence the rigorous medical um, that you have to take before. Um, but it can't actually kill you, but it brings you very, very close. Why do you think that is? Like showing you the edge so that you appreciate not falling off it? I think you have to go through your fear to to overcome it. Or to learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, if you think about like everything that's made you strong in life, everything you've grown from, everything that made you a better person, a happier person, it was probably hard shit. I don't like that I think you're right. <laughs> but I, th- I, I kind of think you're right. I don't think it's necessary. I think you can also, and ayahuasca shows you, teaches you lessons as well by showing you the beauty of the earth. It's not all horrible, but I think the dark stuff can be just as beneficial. To go even further than this, in my opinion, duality is just like a man-made concept. Like there is no good or bad. There is no... Oh, 100%. As a... a, So I have... (laughs) Two degrees in sociology that are currently collecting dust, but it's fine. They're pretty. You can say smart things with them because you say smart things exactly. to me all the time. Exactly. I know words that I'm going to forget now because I am aware. By the way, she, she actually knows what she's doing. <laughs> You're nice. Uh, I honestly genuinely believe because the whole there's always the conversation in sociology of is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it one or the other? And this idea that anything in our world can be simplified to a a or b a one or two option is absolutely ridiculous it's always a gray area there's always room for nuance nothing exists in a vacuum and humans are messy as fuck (laughs) yeah and god and the devil are one (laughs) see and this is where you're gonna start to see the difference between lorena and i back to your experience this first night the first night fuck um yeah so I was shitting it um I was I went in there and I mean they prepared us as well as they could first I think it started with us like we selected our beds (laughs) and our buckets (laughs) and we um we were even taught how to throw up like that's that's a thing don't you know? I mean, like, I have loads of practice. <laughs> I mean, you do know, but also the way you throw up on ayahuasca is very different. I'll get to it. But you you kind of, like, need to be on all fours so it can come out. But your body almost automatically does it. Is it is it because it's coming from such, like, a, like, force? Yeah, okay. Like, it really is a purging. It really is a purge. It's not, it's not, like, I've never thrown up like this before. The only time I can think of is when I had food poisoning. <laughs> Not even close. No. That the first night, um, went in there, selected my bed. Um, I selected a bed as close as possible to the toilet. Excellent. This is the Capricorn planning panning out for you. Yeah, I was in the <laughs> queue early on every night. Um. And then we got a little introduction. We got some rape, um, which isn't mandatory. It's a tobacco sniff, which gets blown up your nose. Um, it sounds weird. It's actually really good. Okay. And what is this? What is the purpose of this? Um, it kind of grounds you. It kind of centers you, because obviously, 
we were all super nervous, especially the people who had done it, who had never done it before. And um, this tobacco sniff, it kind of brings you into the moment. So you get a lot more meditative. And yeah, like it took the nervousness kind of away. It grounded me. So I did it every night, um, but it wasn't mandatory. Like you didn't have to do it. Um, Rape is legal as well, by the way. Ayahuasca isn't in most countries. It's legal, obviously, in Costa Rica where I did it. But in most countries, it's classed as a drug rather than as a medicine. Um, but yeah, after after the rape, um, we kind of got a little introduction. And the first night was supposed to be very gentle. Um, and the brew uh, was, I think, Brazilian... Um, and yeah, before you drink it, you also set an intention. Um, and this is something like I feel like I need to talk about because your intentions are very, very important because it's it's not like a drug where you're just like, I'm just seeing where this goes. I'm just having fun. Um, you actually, you have an intent behind it. You do this for a reason because you know it's going to be hard. Um, and before I went, I was thinking about what I wanted to achieve. And um, yeah, I had actually thought about a few things like I wanted to be more compassionate and I wanted to let go of my attachments to things and people. <laughs> I wanted to heal my past. I wanted to be able to love myself more. Um, I wanted to be able to get rid of insecurities, um, fight my anxiety depression i mean this all sounds very at least to me relatable uh as someone who has lived with uh depression and anxiety for the most of my life along with a fair few um anxious body responsive disorders hence why i've been in and out of therapy since i was like nine uh yeah i can truly relate the idea of being being able to be a person without anxiety sounds magical and it can do that it can definitely take that away from you. Um, there's no guarantee, but it, it can definitely do that, especially if the integration process is done properly and if you set the right intentions. Um, I was also wanting to get rid of my fear of death, which is, I feel, something that I've achieved completely. Side note, um, have I told you about this app that I downloaded? Tell me. It's called We Croak. Oh, you, you keep sending me screenshots of that. Oh my gosh, you would love it. So basically the way that my sister, who is also very intelligent, much more than I am, she goes to Johns Hopkins. But anyways, that's for another story. Johns Hopkins. They do a lot of research on psychedelics. I know. They do a lot of research on everything, apparently. <laughs> um, but it's based on what I think she said is a Buddhist preconception that the more, if you think about death at least five times a day, um, not only does it make you less afraid of it, but it makes you more likely to live in the present because the, with just like the idea being that the reason that people are afraid of death is because we spend so much time trying not to think about it while we're alive, which is kind of not counterintuitive, but it doesn't necessarily make any logical sense because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to die. We are. Um, and one of the ones that 
I don't think it was one of the ones that I sent to you, but it's been one of my favorites on the app so far. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's called We Croak, uh, like ribbit, <laughs> um, is death is the sound of distant thunder at a picnic, which I really like because you think of enjoying yourself at a picnic in like the lovely sunshine and hearing thunder and being like, oh, we should probably head like because it's coming. You can't stop thunder. You can't stop rain like or mother nature like and i mean and would we want to anyways again probably a conversation for another podcast but um it's something that i'm becoming more acquainted with because i do i do feel i mean obviously it's still kind of terrifying but not so much so i don't think um i think people are more well i think people are just scared of the unknown a hundred percent yeah definitely that's why we have religion I think the reason I'm not afraid of death anymore as I was is because I kind of faced it. Mm. So I kind of, I'm like, there's nothing to be afraid of. I think it's just making me really want to put as much effort into life. Yeah. Like live the shit out of it because, and for me, Lorena knows as well, I have this whole thing with trying to live my life without trying to control things. Um, be- because at the end of the day, I don't believe we actually really can. You know, like, obviously there are things you should do because they're smart. Like, when you're crossing the street, you should look both ways in case there are cars coming. But there could also be a mad driver who jumps the sidewalk and hits you anyways. So at the end of the day, no matter what you do, like, we basically live in chaos and nothing can stop that. And so just trying to live whatever moment you have to be you happen to be in the only moment there ever is the now anyways how was that for our first tangent um (laughs) so your intentions these are very very good intentions i think and i and i yeah i very much relate to a lot of them i didn't use any of them okay Because when I went to Rhythmia, um, the first day, actually, they gave us advice on what intentions to use. And I had actually read about it before, because obviously I did all the research. And I was like, no, I'm not going to use any of their intentions. I'm going to make up my own. Lorraine is a Leo moon. (laughs) Yeah, but then they said um, what the intentions were. And I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense, because it kind of already incorporates everything that I want anyway. So they suggest three intentions in that order. Um, Show me who I've become. Yikes. That's a hard one. Merge me back with my soul at all costs. Dope. And heal my heart. Also dope. Yeah. And um, the way Rhythmia define getting your miracle, which is... Um, kind of their selling point um they have a miracle rate of 95 percent holy crap or something yeah that's when you get like all three okay so they know what they're doing they know what they're doing like it's very well researched or like very well orchestrated it sounds like it um so okay so then this first night then yeah so i took the intention show me who i've become um, and well, the first night I was obviously very nervous. I took the first drink. So you, you go up, you cue, 
and you take the first drink and you you look into the little shot glass and you say your intention out loud or silently after the shaman blesses uh, the drink and then you take the shot tastes disgusting by the way yeah it tastes like a bit like a bit alcoholic like you can taste definitely that it's like that there's something in there um a bit like maybe like jägermeister or something oh vomitous maybe like foul plum juice god as soon as you said fermented i just thought of like do you know how like sewage smells like super ripe yeah kind of like that a little bit but it's not it's not as bad like the taste itself is like when i first tasted it i was like i expected this to be worse okay but fascinating it's more like the texture because it's kind of muddy and grainy oh no and um and also because i i think i think it actually gets worse the more you drink it because now i associate that smell and that taste with the experience and i instantly feel nauseous oh god yeah so so yeah but like the first time i drank it i was like it's not as bad as i thought it would be but it's not it's not tasty like i mean i guess that's a good thing in the long run that people aren't just like walking around with flasks full of ayahuasca I mean, as I said, it's not going to be like a recreational experience anyway. Like, there's a reason you never go to a rave and someone gives you a cup of ayahuasca. (laughs) There's a reason for it. What a fucking weird ass rave. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you took the shot of swamp shit juice. Motor oil. Ugh. And then what happened? And then you wait. Um, so I went back to my bed and I um, sat down. So they say the first 20 minutes or so sit down because you don't want to throw it up right away. You're probably going to throw up. But when you throw it up right away, like you, you can't be sure if it's in your system and then you have to drink again. Like who wants that? So I sat down and it actually hit me pretty fast, I think, in retrospect. Um, it felt like an eternity at the time, but thinking back to it, I uh, it was actually pretty fast. Like it started, it started off lightly. It started off with like a tingling sensation, um, mostly in my left half of the face. It got numb as well. It got numb and tingly, especially in my left temple. Which, by the way, this is a bit weird, but when I'm really deep in meditation. I get the same feeling. I get this tingling sensation in my left temple. Yeah, you've told me when we've come out of... Uh, Lorraine and I do kundalini. Uh, kundalini yoga. And you've told me that sometimes that happens. Yeah, that's intense. I get this with breath work as well. Um, and yeah, that started and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it got all numb. And, um, and then I started getting some light visions. So some sacred geometry... Um, some patterns, um, some colors, um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Like I didn't get any revelations, and then it started. It just got so intense so quickly. It was just the visions were very very overwhelming, and I was nauseous. I was suffering. I was sweating. It just felt like the worst 
the worst experience ever like I was just I felt like a little bit like I was dying I felt like I was severely severely ill um, and I wanted to throw up and I couldn't that's the thing you can't force a purge it, it only comes when it wants to come you have to breathe through it before and I couldn't really like I wanted to lie down but I was too nauseous to lie down and I couldn't really sit up because like I like I was too dizzy to sit up the visions were just so strong and so fast, like I couldn't escape it. And um, and it got to the point where I was just thinking, this was the worst idea ever. I have so much regret because I'm not even getting anything out of this. I'm not getting any revelations. I'm not learning anything. I'm not seeing anything that benefits me. And I also knew that, so we, we got one, I had one drink at this point but we got two drinks every night um, and then we could have more if we wanted to. But um, it was a minimum of two drinks and the second drink was served after one and a half hours. And it seemed like an eternity. I was suffering so much and I just kept thinking, they haven't even called for the second drink yet. So it's not even been one and a half hours yet. I was literally just going to ask how long it had been. I have no idea. So so an hour so an hour and a half of just feeling like you were slowly dying. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds great. I was in fetal position and I was it, it was really bad. Um and it actually started off with a purge right away, not a vomiting purge, but I was I started to yawn very intensely. It feels like your jaw is like tearing apart. I've totally done that before where I've yawned and like clicked my jaw out of place. It's, but it's actually quite satisfying. It was not a bad thing. That was my first purge. And then, so that was even before the nausea set in. Um, that was probably in the first 10 or 20 minutes, if even, I started yawning. And then maybe like a minute later, I started crying. It was uncontrollable. It's, crying as a purge is actually very satisfying but it's very strange because it's you you've never cried like this before no way it's um it's uncontrollable you can't hold it back like even if you tried it's sobbing it's so much and your whole body is shaking and I also and I, I might be making this up but I feel like the tears are different I feel like they are thicker I I read something about how like depending on how we feel I have no idea if there's any truth to this um depending on how we feel our tears have different chemical makeups to them uh, I could see that yeah don't take my word for that remember what I said in the beginning of the podcast I have no idea what I'm talking about but anyways uh so I wonder if that's true like what would ayahuasca tears look like? Really thick, probably. I don't. I don't know if they, but they felt different for sure. I don't know if they looked different, but they felt different. Um. So that those were my first two purges. Um. And I wanted to purge, as in throw up, but I just couldn't. And um. Eventually, after what felt like three million years, they called for the second drink. Um. And I got up. And I felt horrible. I was, um, so I was, I took my bucket because you take your bucket everywhere just in case. <laughs> bucket buddy. Yeah, it's because it can hit you all of a sudden. Like it can, it can change really quickly as well. You know, with, um, 
with other I mean it can be like this with alcohol as well you can be sober one second and then you can be drunk the next second um but with ayahuasca it's even more intense and it can hit, it can be the other way around as well like if you can be completely drunk one second and then you feel sober a second later it's like it doesn't have this gradual thing where you like you gradually go up come up yeah peak and then go down it's just like instead it's just like what does this button do you don't have this you you can literally like feel sober for three hours and then it can be like in your face okay right so you took your bucket with you I took my bucket with me and I queued for the second drink because I didn't want to drink because I was feeling really nauseous. But you said it was a two drink minimum. Well, you you weren't forced to do anything. But was it like more like recommend like recommended? That's what they served. Like they called for two drinks. And then if you wanted more, you could go up. But they say, don't think drink, drink as much as you can. And I would actually recommend this, like drink as much as you can, because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. Um, and yeah, I went up and they basically say, if you can hear the call for the second drink, um, or like for any drink, if you can hear the call and if you can walk, go up and drink. If you can't stay there and once you can go up and drink. So it's not like a last call thing either where like, if you don't go up when they call you, they're like, sorry, pal. No, you can you can always go. And like the worst thing that can happen if it's too close to the end of the ceremony or if they're like, I don't think you should have more. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. The shamans know. All right. Like if they see you and they're like, <laughs> and you're like, can I have some more, sir? They're like, I'm sorry, Oliver. <laughs> yeah. But like most likely they're going to say yes, because it's nothing you can like really overdose on. Um, so, yeah, I went up to get the second drink and I was standing in that queue and I was suffering and I was feeling nauseous and I wanted to sit down and I heart like I could hardly stand up and the queue was fucking eternal it was so long it was so 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 long um and it took forever about three hours it didn't it was probably like 10 minutes but (laughs) it, it felt really long um and it was very strange because as soon as there was only like three people before me or something and suddenly everything shifted. I looked up and I looked outside and I saw the lights outside and I was like, oh my God, I really want to go outside and I want to dance and I want to play and I want to be happy. And I I couldn't wait to get the second drink so I could go outside and play. Um, so I took the second drink and I set the same intention again, show me who I've become. And I asked to go outside, um, which you can. You can go outside. Like, the ceremony takes place inside, but you can go outside. Um, You can't just go, like, can you go just wander anywhere or, like... You can, but there's obviously restrictions. Like, you can't go further than a certain point just for safety reasons. Yeah, yeah, of course. They want to make sure you're not going to, like, go jump in the ocean or... They have to see you. Yeah, but you, you can go outside. They also say, like, don't go outside if you feel like you have to. Mm. only go outside because you want to yeah so um because you said it's not it's not that similar to other what you would call drugs but does it have the same kind of feeling as other psychedelics where you kind of feel like you want to be in nature um yeah i think it can have that in phases but i don't think 
I don't think it has like the strong thing where you you necessarily need to. I think you could very well also just like be in a set. But I think it works well in nature, especially with the jungle. It works well with the jungle, which is where it comes from. So it makes sense. And like mama ayahuasca is often displayed and seen as a snake. So it kind of, it does make sense. You You do get jungle visions as well. It's interesting. What do you mean jungle vision? Like, I saw, like, the jungle. Like, I usually didn't see snakes or anything. I saw insects. I saw a lot of spiders. Yeah, I was crawling with the spiders. I think I was one of them. I don't know. It was weird. I hate all of that, but okay. I think spiders are my spirit animal. You said this, and I am happy for you, but... I don't want to be with them either. Okay. <laughs> I like, I don't, I, I don't think I would consider myself as someone who has arachnophobia, but um, like I'm that person where if there's a spider in the room and everybody else in the room is freaking out about the spider in the room, I will figure out how to take care of the spider in the room. Like last ditch effort, kind of worst case scenario situation. But if I know there's somebody else that will take care of the spider in the room, I'm going to turn into the people that's like, want to do it (laughs) see i I say the spider is my spirit animal but also i for the past three months i have not checked my meter readings because there's a dead spider in my (laughs) cupboard and i don't want to remove it because it's really big didn't you say that you tried to kill one in your flat one day too and it's the the same one oh my god Lorena tried to kill this spider and she thought it was dead. And then what was it like a book or a shoe? or What was it? A shoe. And it started moving. <laughs> the shoe started moving. Oh, God. Okay. Um, sorry. This podcast isn't meant to be nightmare fuel. Um, but cool. So it's about ayahuasca. <laughs> you, you had your second drink and you- I had my second drink and I went outside. I went to go and play and I danced and I was like fuck like I love dancing it's so fun like why do I not dance more and I was laughing and I I felt like a child I felt like a five-year-old child I felt very innocent and playful and curious and um um I was yeah I was just happy and I got this overwhelming feeling of love that It was it was actually uncomfortable and it made me cry because I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know, like I wanted to hug people, but I couldn't really because you're kind of in your own journey. You have to respect people's own journeys. You can't just go up and talk to people. Yeah, I can't imagine what that must be like if you are like on planet, everyone is love and connection and someone else is on planet, I am a spider and someone else is on planet, I'm dying. And someone else just met the aliens. Yeah, I just had surgery from aliens. Yeah, spaceship came down. Wow, that's a party I kind of want to go to. It's not a party. But yeah, I, like, I, I just wanted to hug people. I just wanted to... I just felt so much love for everyone and everything. And I was like, I feel I've got so much love inside of me, and I don't know where to put it. I don't know what to do with it. And it made me so sad. But at the same time, it, it, I was in a state of love. It wasn't sad. And then I got nausea. I back to the nausea again. And then I threw up a lot. Yikes. But you had your bucket buddy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Always with me. 
and I was lying on the cement for quite a long time. Uh, one of the helpers actually uh, came came and asked me, are you sure you want to lie down? I was like, yes. <laughs> but later on, he was really nice and he brought me a, a mattress outside so I could spend the rest of the night outside, which was lovely. Um, but yeah, that was um, my first purge as in vomiting. Not the worst one, but my first one. Um, I felt better after. But yeah, that was pretty much the first night. Um, I got a few revelations. So my intention had been, show me who I've become. And the second day I had an idea who I'd become. But I wasn't 100% sure. Um, but I thought I had become a victim. Because at the start, when I was suffering so much, I was feeling so sorry for myself. Um, I had been like properly victimizing myself and yeah and after that first night the second day which was a Tuesday at Rhythmia to this date probably the happiest day of my life yeah I was feeling so at peace and so happy um, and yeah it was just really really beautiful and I think I was glowing from afar. I've seen pictures and I don't know if they're necessarily from this day or like the fact that you're in Costa Rica and it's just beautiful anyways. But you do genuinely look like you're happy, yeah. obviously, yeah. in the pictures. Yeah, I, w I was very happy that second day, but also very confused. Oh my goodness. We really hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far, especially because we are still working out all the kinks. Um, but we figured this was a good part to end this first episode after you've had an, a lovely introduction and started to get to know both Lorena and I and see what her journey was like. Um, so that's going to be it for it this week, but make sure you tune in next week because Lorena still has to talk about her other three experiences and what it was like coming back home to Scotland after being in Costa Rica and then having to integrate all of the stuff that she learned about herself. Tune in, folks. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm.